Hi, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to do a little content warning saying that this episode will be talking about mental health and suicide. And for whoever needs to hear this, you are loved, you are cherished, even if you don't think so. There are people out there who love you, and if you need to reach out to anybody, there will be some information in the description of this podcast. And make sure you hug those you love and cherish. Now onto the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What Do You Dream podcast. I'm Nick without Christy, and today Christy's out with the flu again. That's okay. We're not all perfect. Some of us are just, you know, we're just built different so that we get sick all the time. Meaning Christy is always sick. And, you know, you think it develops some antibodies at some point, right? <laughs> okay, so today I'm doing something a little bit different. So last time it was a bit fun, a bit silly, kind of going off the rails, having a... just talking about anything. But I'm going to take things in a completely different avenue today. Things are going to get a bit real, things are going to get a bit more serious, and I just wanted to give you guys the heads up. Things will be... What might get a bit heavy if you are sensitive to mental health discussions, suicide discussions, anything like that, uh, feel free to skip out on this episode. And of course, if you have anything, if you have any suicidal ideations or need someone to help, there will be a link to, uh, I think there's maybe an international helpline or anything like that. So yeah, uh, if you need help, please reach out. So Today I was at the gym and I was just, you know, scrolling through in my breaks and I saw there's been a lot of uh, stuff around a paddle, pat, pff, I already stuffed up the name, Paddy Pimblet, Pim, Pim, far out, man. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to get this right. Paddy Pimblet, a UFC fighter. He won a fight. I'm, again, my ignorance is enormous on this but I know I do watch the UFC I don't follow it but I do watch the UFC just because I do enjoy the uh, fighting and the sport I do think it's really interesting and um, in his post-fight interview he actually made a comment a statement about a friend of his who committed suicide gave the time the date you know and it was you know it it was really sobering you know, because a lot of the time you don't have, in this kind of uh, environment, you know, you just want to fight and, you know, he's dedicated to a friend that he's lost. And, you know, it it seems to have done well for a lot of people. Pe- men have started to seek help a lot of, apparently after the surge, or after the fight, there has been a bit of a surge for men seeking mental health support. And I think that's that's really, you know, that's a great thing, using your platform to share something that is deeply personal and trying to help others around you. I think that's really inspiring. Honest, honest to God, this is, I think it is a really, um, yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a good thing. I'm funny. I'm funny. It's, you know, I'm feeling funny about talking about this because anytime I hear of like someone dying to suicide, it just, it it frustrates me not for about the person who does it because they're going through they have their demons they have their problems like they're going through agony and they're trying to make things trying to they think it's the only way out and 
It's not, but they don't know that because, you know, whatever their situation is, it's hard to see reason and anything like that. But I get frustrated because I look at it as like like a preventable illness. You know, it's like, like you shouldn't hear about people dying from, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like like diabetes or something. You shouldn't be hearing about people shouldn't be dying from diabetes or anything preventable. Because I do think, especially for men, I think, because I do think suicide is a preventable illness. It's a symptom of a preventable illness, or at least treatable in some way. And so the episode's really going to be revolving around mental health, uh, specifically male mental health. Not because, not saying that theme, like female issues aren't important. I do think they are absolutely important. And I hope that my experiences and the stories and the discussions that I'm going to be talking about today will be able to assist anybody, not specifically men. But I do think there is something unique to men's issues with this area of mental health, and that's just talking about it. And I think it sounds simple, and I think there's a lot more nuance in it. I'm just going to be talking about stuff as it comes to my it comes into my head, and you know, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a deep dive and just trying to look into men's mental health in general. So I want to come back to the whole idea that men's like suicide is like a preventable illness. I I I'm not a doctor. I'm not a mental health care professional. I do have a degree in psychology, but that's far from anybody who's. Like, like, it doesn't make me an authority on anything. This is just one man's opinions on the matter of men's mental health. So, yeah, so saying that suicide is a preventable illness or, like, a symptom of a preventable illness, I, I do think it is, you know? I think it's, for a lot of people, it it's one of those long, drawn-out things that can be... It's awful. It's awful because, you know, you're... you're like you might be depressed, anxious, suffering from any other number of mental or physical Ill- illnesses. Sometimes it's not just me- mental illness. Sometimes it's a physical ailment that could really, you know, bring you down. And I do think it's one of those things that is the result of, you know, isolation, I think. I think especially when it comes to, I want to look at this in the sphere of men- men's mental health because I think men, and I'm going to be saying the we is the collective we of men, I think we're really bad at talking about mental health. And I think there's been a lot of focus on mental health, especially over the COVID pandemic, which is good. But I don't know, it feels like a lot of, it's kind of like, it feels very similar to like, you know, greenwashing for like companies that do like, yeah, we're green, or they do like the whole Pride Month stuff. It's like, yeah, we're pro-LGBT. It's like, you know, people say it, but they don't really do much about it. You know, it's like being seen to say things, which I think it's good. I think it's good in some regards, because at least the conversations less stigmatizing things are better around it. But I still think there is a lot of issues that get shut down in the current sphere of, like, the political socio-sphere, you know? Because I think when the whole idea of men's mental health comes up, I think there are some people, not saying everybody, I'm just saying there are some people that do shut it down, saying it's a men's rights activist issue. You know, women women are just as valid, if not they suffer from more things. I think we as hum- humans deal with life 
in different ways and we suffer in our own ways and i think men and women suffer with different different issues and that's nothing wrong to say there's nothing wrong to say about that and everyone anyone wants to argue with me about it i'd be happy to have a discussion but i think where it stems from is we and this has been this has been said over and over and over again i'm not treading anything new grounds anything like that but i think it's because men men are not taught how to communicate effectively about their feelings and a lot of the time it comes from socialization i think okay i'm going to use my own personal example i've got a few group of friends that you know i interact with but i'd say my core group of friends it is a bunch of it's a bunch of blokes and we play video games together but i think we're not normal <laughs> in so many regards but specifically i would say around talking about our feelings and checking in with each other and we you know we have shit days and sometimes shit days a shit day and i think especially when you're with your friends you can always kind of tell if things are up you know and i think also the fact that we get to we get to chat when we're at home playing games just hanging out and chatting like if it was like a normal situation where you would have to go out and someone wouldn't say go to the pub or wouldn't go to the movies or meet up for dinner you know like we kind of i can't like we kind of get to have a unique insight into our day-to-day lives that a lot of people don't get and i understand that because you know we're just we're just that this is just how we do things but we chat about how we're feeling and not all of us are up for that and that's fine it's more so about we're in a space where we know we can chat to each other about shit being shit. And I think that's sometimes the most important part is just being able to have a place to vent and have a place to chat and no judgment. And I think, you know, everyone's kind of worried about, oh, you know, I don't want to, especially when, so when it comes to men, it's that whole thing of we don't want to be weak. You don't want to be seen as a wuss. You don't want to be seen as this. You want to be seen as that. But the thing is, is, Strength isn't going at it alone. Strength is knowing when to seek help. And the thing is, is that when it comes to help, it's not about seeking help. It's not about fixing anything. Sometimes it's just about listening and saying, man, that's shit. You know, if they want help, you know, it's about giving them what you can, but also not trying to... Again, try, give them what you can, but then knowing when you're out of your depth and being able to get some uh, seek or get seek some uh, assistance on behalf of someone else. So I'm going to go into a bit more about this kind of whole socialization side of things because I do think a lot of it does come down to men just having to suck it up, and I think we are getting better at that. I do think we are, but I think especially when it comes to young boys, young men, I think that. The current climate of things, I think boys are being demonized to a degree about them being themselves. And I think part of they're demonized because, you know, boys shouldn't be, you know, boys are bad, boys are this, boys are the ones that are causing the problems. And I think people cause the problems. And I know that's going to sound divisive and some people might not like that. But I do think when you think about it in 
the wider sphere, I do think it does, it can close off kids into thinking that they're predestined for whatever it is. And I think part of that is that, you know, boys will be boys and boys are bad. Tell your boys not to do this and that. It sets boys up as problems. And I don't think boys are problems. I don't think girls are problems. I don't think women are problems. I don't think men are problems. But if we don't have a way of allowing young men to be young men or boys to be boys or girls to be girls, we create this issue. We're creating this issue because we're pigeonholing young boys into a set role for whatever it is. And it's like, as a man, you've got to suck it up. You gotta not cry. You gotta not talk about your feelings. You gotta. So if you got all this, all these young boys not being able to talk, we're just not able to support each other properly. And I think that's kind of the big thing because if you can't go to your friends and they're not being taught how to interact with their feelings, understand each other, then they're not going to be able to support each other properly. And that's not. And that's not a ill on them. That's just how. If you don't get to practice something, you're never going to be good at it. And I think that's the kind of important part is that if you're not able to practice this kind of interpersonal uh, support when you're never going to be able to be able to support each other and bring each other up. And I think that's the other part is that especially when we're dealing with mental health, I think there is a degree to some people that you can surrounding yourself with people that are also quite negative can also bring you down because sometimes it's, it's look, I'm, I'm going to say this now. I'm totally responsible for this especially when it comes to having a pity party sometimes you just want to be like poor me poor me and i think that's fine for a little bit but the problem is if you get into this kind of pity party route it kind of can make things harder to pull yourself out of it because if you're around people that kind of feed into this pity party it starts to bring you down because that's the other part is being able to identify whether or not you can open up to the right people and they'll support you and bring you up not bring you down and that's kind of, and that's really hard and it, that could be the not being able to support you and bring you down it could be as simple as someone not wanting to interact with you to a point or trying to change the conversation just trying to avoid it because i don't i think that is that is just as bad as someone trying to actively bring you down and trying to bring everyone else like oh yeah but oh, i've got this problem and my problem's worse than your problem so my problem deal with it like you should be focusing on my problems you know then it, then it doesn't get any helpful but I think men need to be taught that it's okay to have their feelings and that it's okay to be who they are. And I think I think generally we're pretty good at that for the girl side of things. I think we're great with that. Girls, power to women, power to you. You can't be held down by anybody in society you go forth and conquer the world and i think that's fine but i think we should be saying the same thing to our young boys i don't think there's anything wrong about saying that it's that boys you are strong you are oh there you go i'm feeding into it boys you can do whatever you want you can be whoever you are it's okay to feel it's okay to share and it's okay to collaborate it's okay to work together like you know that's that kind of thing i think we learn to work together and stuff in school and sport but i don't think we learn how to emotionally collaborate i think that's the other thing we're not emotional collaboration you know we're not emotional collaborators are men we're not really programmed that way you know it's like i've 
always so for me i've always been a bit on the emotional empathetic side of things like i think i've just that's just how i was born that's just how i'm wired and i think that's the other part is that mental health isn't a one-size-fits-all kind of thing it's like just like with people, you've got a variety of different expressions and a variety of different ways of dealing with it. And sometimes, some people, they can deal with it by not sharing. But that's fine. But when it comes to suicide, and I think that's going to be the big part, when it comes to suicide, there's that point of you have to share. Not so much about sharing to fix it, because... When you're gone, you can't you can't come back from that, and that's something that's, you know, some people see that as a release of their sadness or whatever their problem is, but the sadness sticks with your friends and your family for so long, forever really, and then that, and that tragedy gets passed on from generation to generation depending on how someone deals with it, and that's, it it's so sad, and again I just get so frustrated by it because it's like, you know. We, I still think we still see mental health as a problem in that, like, you know, you don't, you know, if you hear someone taking antidepressants or what have you, it's always like, oh, I'm so shocked. Oh, I thought you were happy. I thought this and that and this and that. And then you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, why did I bother? Or, you know, there's all these different other ways. Like, I can only speak from my own experiences, but I do think there's a bit of, oh, geez, you're X. This is strange. But then, like, if you, but then for some people, I think that for some people, they can't produce enough neurotransmitters. You know, your serotonin, your dopamine. I mean, everyone knows what the dopamine is. There's tons of memes about it. <laughs> but you don't look at some. But say, like, let's just say you don't look at someone who has who's born with diabetes, and you go, "Oh man, look at you with your syringe. That's really strange." And most people just go, "Okay, that's fine," because they're born that way. They can't control it. And I think there is a degree of that when it comes to mental health awareness, especially for some people, that they can't produce what they can produce. Their brain doesn't do it, so they need some assistance. And I think that's the other problem is that, like, we don't think that that's a thing. You know, some people do think it's, you know, you're, you're melancholy. And I do think there's this other this other thing. I'm just going in random directions, guys. I'm sorry. But, like, this is just how this is just how this is just how this is going to go. <laughs> um... And I think when it comes, oh no, you know what? I'm gonna bring it back to men's men's mental health because if I go down the rabbit hole of like internet rap, internet mental health, this is gonna I'm gonna be here for hours. But I think when it, is it men's mental health, men, we are more likely, we're more likely to, and this is poor choice of words, but it's the be- we're we're better to successfully complete a suicide attempt, because generally speaking men pick options that are hard to come back from i think i could be wrong i could be wrong but the stat i remember that women do attempt it more but generally speaking they um don't pick options that are they got options that they can recover from more effectively generally pills cutting depending on the cutting i think so that's kind of how that goes. So generally speaking, women are more likely to survive a suicide attempt versus a man who's more will- likely to, say, jump off a building, shoot themselves in the head, especially in America. Not so much in Australia, but like, you know, hanging as well, hanging where they break their neck, that kind of thing. So it's really, it is really dark. 
and it is really tragic. And I th- so why this is being talked about on this podcast is that I think we have a unique platform in that we try and create a place where we can collaborate and share what's happening in our heads. And we do it in a funny way because I think that's so important. So because <coughs> I think that's so important because I mean, goddamn, anyone out there who knows who's dealt with, or, I mean, anyone who knows a comedian, most of them have mental health issues. Like, I, I, I like Jerry, I think Jerry Seinfeld has depression. I don't know. I've, I've got to like look this up because I don't want to dump some people, but there's like, there's a bunch of, there are celebrity, uh, celebrities or like, let's say more comedians who have these kind of issues. And I think there's, there's something to say about that, you know, that we, these cre- creative people have these, a certain tap into the universe, maybe, that just, you know, fills them with not enough dopamine, or maybe, who knows? Anyway, that that's beside the point. But I think this platform, we want to create something that's a break. A break from your day, have a bit of fun, something interesting, something fun. And but we try and practice this kind of social collab, empathetic collaboration, the social collaboration where you know someone gives them a, gives us a dream, we're having a bit of fun, see where it goes, yada yada yada. And you know, well, and most of the time we're laughing, you know. But I think this also has, and I think that's where again this is unique because I'm able to talk with a friend and share my dreams my sleeping dreams and able to open up on aspects on my life and like you know and during this podcast I've gone through some different parts of my life and shared that on the podcast because you know I think this is an open collaborative space and I think that's really important and I'd hope that this kind of acts as a I'm not going to say scaffold because there's no way this is a good scaffold for like effective mental health treatment or something but it's important to be able to share and talk about what's in your head in a way that's healthy. And I think that dreams are a way that gets to tap into something that's there and then you're able to deconstruct it and see how it impacts you. Sometimes a dream is just a dream. Sometimes it's just, hey, I dreamt that I was a snake person because I wanted to know what it was to be a snake person. And that's fine. Sometimes it's about a friend that you've lost Sometimes it's about a girlfriend that you had in the past, or maybe it's something about winning the lotto. It's it's anything, and you know, there's been some traction. There's been some comments in, on the Facebook page about someone talking about their loss of their parents, and that was that hit me because you know I love my parents, and there's something about that kind of part in your dreams where you get to you know she still gets to interact with them, and it's really sweet, but it's kind of sad and melancholic. But I think that's kind of life in in a nutshell you know that's the it goes back to or kind of goes but like let's bring it back to like that start where pat where patty was making a note about his friend who died killed himself like he will probably be in patty's dreams for ever or in his memories and i think that's kind of the part of it is that death creates a hole in our lives that we heal from but we are still left with the scars. And I think that's important to understand. I don't think you can ever really get over a loss, a significant loss in your life. And I don't think you should. 
and hear me out because if to un, to have that feeling shows that they were important to you and that they were since they were important to you you know what to find in others and how to treat others and how to have a healthy healthy sphere of influence around you and friends and loved ones and everything like that and i think that's um i think it's good i think i mean it's it's self-evident right but yeah and i think i don't know it's when it comes to men's mental health i always find it funny to start talking about it because like i have socially been like shit on for lack of a better word for bringing it up saying that you know it's not significant it's you know it's women like women are take it harder and like i know and I, i know women women have their own have their unique own issues that they have to deal with every single day and i understand that but when it comes to men sometimes i feel like we just get told Funnily enough, we get told by the same people who were spouting for the pro. I'm gonna look. I'm pro. These create the more recent wave feminism, of you know, men shut up. You've had your time in the spotlight. Suck it up and deal with it. Which is the exact problem that men have been having forever. Suck it up and deal with it. It's you know, and I I just find it completely ironic when it comes to. And I'm not saying all feminists are like this. There are feminists who are absolutely not like this, and who are open to this. But when it comes to trying to talk about mental health in a significant way, shutting stuff down doesn't help anybody. And of course, when I'm talking about mental health, especially men's mental health, I'm talking about the significant, the significant medical experiences of people. And, you know, so there are some people who go, oh man, I'm feeling really depressed. And it's kind of similar to like that distinction between the cold and the flu. You know, oh, I had the flu. You had a cold. Oh, I was depressed. You had, you were blue. You were, you, know, you were having a bad day. And I think that's the other thing. You can have a bad day. And I think it's also important. And this is just beyond men's mental health. I think it is important to be able to say, I'm having a bad day today. And, you know, sometimes you just, sometimes that, it is a shit day. And, you know, you might need to finish work early. Maybe you just don't go out. Maybe, you know, tend to yourself and self-care. And I think, okay, so then that's the other part of things. I think when it comes to men's mental health, I think there's a really interesting element of... But there are some groups, I think in Australia, we have the men's shed, where essentially it's it's for older gentlemen, but it's not discrimin- does not discriminate to age. It's anybody. So it's basically a group of hobbyists who get together and they meet and they talk about the hobby. They talk about mental health. They talk about it's like a support group for older men. So they do like carpentry, metalwork, all the kind of hands on hobbies, which I think is amazing. And I think this is one of those things that's really important, because if you look at, say, let's look at, say, female friend groups, you know, very it's a lot more social, a lot more talking about feelings. And I'm, I know I'm generalizing. I know I'm generalizing, but I'm just, this is just for the sake of the discussion. They're able to have, you know, have a cup of tea, have a chat, talk about their feelings, talk about how shit it was, talk about how shitty it was with this dude on the date or something like that. But then, you know, you go with men. This is where I think the other problem is. Men is let's go to the pub. I'm, I have a funny thing with alcohol. I think alcohol is probably not the best thing to talk about when it comes to not the best thing to have if you're feeling sad because it'll just make you sadder. But that's for another day. 
Well, actually, no, you know what? I'll bring it into this because I do think it rolls into men's mental health because I think a lot of men and being manly, especially, I'm going to say specifically in Australia, and I'm not demonizing people who drink. Absolutely not. It's an, it's your choice. Uh, I've chosen not to. That's neither here nor there. But I don't think there's anything innately wrong with drinking. I just think in the sphere of mental health and trying, you know, if you're sad or you actually have diagnosed depression or what have you, I don't think it's the best thing. And I think we, as Australia, we have a culture where we really use the drinking element of things to be able to open up and loosen up a bit. But I think if you, we use drugs, not drugs, use um, things to change our consciousness in a way to inebriate and loosen up, I think that then creates its own problems. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I can only talk when I drink because I've loosened up. That's not great. And especially if you're sad or flat or whatever, drinking just makes things worse. You know? But coming back to the men's shed and groups and stuff like this, I think this it's this creates a, a unique space. Because in so anyone out there who's had to deal with social anxiety or anxiety or anything like that, one of the main things that help kind of get you out of social anxiety is being able to talk about something you like something you love because you're always enthusiastic about something you love and you enjoy and being able to have that kind of space where I like say I'm not great at carpentry I'm not gonna lie about that but for the sake of argument it's like I love carpentry I love it so much nothing better than carpentry but you know sometimes you're by yourself for a long time just working away being able to meet with a bunch of bunch of mates bunch of blokes and just have a chat is good and especially especially having a place to share and not be judged and be able to open up about mental health and everything like that. Cause I think that's a really important thing. And I think especially, especially with now I'm becoming, bringing it to young men. I think older men and younger men are having an issue right now of not being, having groups of friends, healthy groups of friends to talk about these things. I think, look, I'm saying this as someone who's played a ton of video games. I think certain video games probably aren't the best way of fostering <laughs> Effective mental health and again saying this is someone who's played video games since i, I don't know now it's nine where it's like you know i because i came from a time where playing video games i you know i would be in front of the tv playing with my cousins having a chat and we're and we're still like we're like brothers right now you know we're brothers we're super close and i played a lot of collaborative games like world of warcraft and everything like that where i've developed some lifelong friendships and i think it's very unique and i'm very lucky to have them but I think especially when it comes to these kind of, you know, these Call of Duties, these kind of quick pickup games that you can really um, be problematic <laughs> in terms of like healthy interactions with people. And I think a lot of young men don't have a good outlet for their hobbies because I think video gaming is a hobby. I think it is very fun. But I think that like with anything in life, you need to be able to have this kind of... Um, you need to have... Oh, man, you want to be well-rounded, you know what I mean? It's like you don't want to be able to just, you know, turn up, play your games all day, hit that dopamine hit, and then you're happy, chappy. It's like, you know, it doesn't work like that. You need to have something. Everyone has something they like. And this is the part that I find interesting. So many people say, oh, I don't have a hobby, I don't have this. Like, you got something you care, like, you, you are passionate about. Just find something you like doing, Find a hobby that you're interested in. 
there's something out there for you. Just like just like when it comes to people, there's always someone out there for you. There's always a hobby out there for you, and those hobbies create have communities. And generally speaking, most hobby communities are pretty cool. Video game communities. They are quite nice, and especially depending on the game and depending on the type, it can be really good to have people interacting and having chats about things. But I think you need to have that kind of foot in. I think, because again, like I said, I've got some mates who I have been friends with for years, for decade, over a decade, and I wouldn't trade them for the world, but I think I'm lucky. I think I'm a lucky person that I've been able to find these people. Some people don't. Some people aren't able to. And I think that it comes back to being able to foster those people around you and find those lives that you can connect with in person so 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 important and you know it's interesting i'm gonna go and i think you know i'm gonna bring up someone jordan peterson i think jordan peterson when he came out and everything like that i think he was tremendously big for a lot of for a lot of young men and I think I was in that camp too. He he was very helpful. He spoke, you know, uh, detractors or uh, not detractors. Detractors is too polarizing. Um, not opponents either. People who uh, cri- cri- uh, critics. There we go. Critics of him just say like it's not, it's a basically a kind of change to you know. Uh, button a straight tie your shoelaces up and let's go and let's get going suck it up kind of deal and i don't i think that's a bit you know dismissive of what he says but especially in his early years there was that element of control what you can control and don't put effort into things that you can't and there's a very simple way of saying it you know he used to say you know personal responsibility clean your room all this kind of stuff and I think it was really, I think what that core message was so important and I still think it is very important and I still recommend people to watch his videos because it. I do think you need it. That there's an obviously an appetite out there for young men who need guidance and that's not to say that they don't have good dads like or anything like that but people kind of go, oh, well, you know, he's just a daddy figure that get, gives people something to do. Well, it's like, you know, maybe it's because there isn't a lot of male figures out there who are willing to have a chat about what is it like to be a man and how do we deal with it health in a healthy way. And I think that's kind of part of the thing. It's that what if these figures are seen as big and impactful because there isn't an, a lot of men out there who are able to have these kind of healthy discussions have this kind of platform and i think that's the other thing go got another one um goggins goggins is another example his is a bit more um rough (laughs) for my liking but there are people who do need that tough love element of it but so here's the part this is where it's interesting because like does this tough love element make it harder doesn't just reinforce the problems that we've been having. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up and suck it up. Deal with it. Don't be a wuss. Da, 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 da. You know, it's like some, but I think it's his kind of thing is more about motivation. His kind of lane is more motivation, do better. You can achieve anything if you put your mind to it. It's mind over matter. And I think that's valuable, valuable in that sphere. Doesn't detract from everything that I just said. 
I think it might be bad for some people, but for some people, might be bad for some people who are dealing with mental health problems. But I think mainly people who need that little push, it's healthy for them, and I think that's not bad to have that push. But what I'm saying is that being having this kind of long systemic conversation of you're not going to be able to, you know. Don't talk about your feelings. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Is the thing that's the problem. You get what I mean? And what am I? What am I really wanting to say? I think we need to. And I and and you know I've got to like. It's easy for me to say we need to have more conversations about it. I think more men need to have conversations about it in the workplace. I think more men need to have more conversations with their friends. I think we need to look to our loved ones and share about our experiences and and I think we need we need more men who have gone through rough times to talk about it. I don't think there's enough out there to effectively talk about what hardships they've gone through and how they got through it because when we look to if we when we look to someone for advice we look to someone with experience and we don't have a lot of people who are happy to talk about their experiences and if we have more people out there to talk about their experiences the diversity of people that they can share like look my way was talking to a therapist, talking to this, talking to that, talking to my friends, having this conversation. Some people might be, you know, I got really got into exercise and that kind of helped me through some certain things. And when I started doing exercise, I realized I like doing sports. And then I started joining teams and doing this, that and the other. There's so many ways of dealing with mental health. And I don't think we get to communicate that enough. And I think that I'm blessed that I get to live in a country that has a system in place that allows for subsidized mental health. You know, the government helps pay a good chunk of the costs for medications, um, therapy sessions, and everything like that. And, you know, and I'm one of those, and it's like, and I think, and if you haven't worked out by now, I'm one of those people that is currently lives with, you know, a mental... I wouldn't say mental illness. I like I deal with depression. I take antidepressants, and like thank God I live in this country. And I know that's I don't want to sound like I'm flexing on anyone else who can't get it, but that's the thing is that there are places that don't get it. There's places that don't have access to things which are preventable, because if we don't treat mental illness, if we don't provide support to people, then we're killing them. And and it's not about, it's not about like a nanny state. It's a like we would say the same thing for any other preventable illness. We wouldn't let people die to any other preventable illness. But when it comes to suicide, mental health, all this kind of stuff, it's like oh, too bad, so sad. Let's move on. You know, we have people going oh how's this oh we'll do it we'll do the mental health awareness week or some shit or something like that like i think more people need to come up and talk about it and i think in this specifically for men's mental health i think it's up to men up to us to have these conversations properly to have an open forum where we can discuss and I think having that 
is going to set up a future for our young boys to grow up into productive men that know, can understand their feelings and can participate healthily in the world. And I think that's... You know, it might sound like a pipe dream, but if you don't dream, you never get to achieve anything, right? That's the whole point of this podcast. You know, you have your dreams, you share them, put them out into the world, see what happens. And I think on that note, I'd like to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for sticking with my rambles. I hope it made sense. But I think the important thing is is that um, we are there for each other. And if you ever need help, make sure you reach out. Because there is someone out there who loves you as much as you don't think it, as much as you think that life's too hard and it'd be better if you weren't here. That's a goddamn lie. Because someone's going to miss you. Because someone out there loves you. And on that somber note, I'd like to thank you so much for listening, if indeed you still are. I've been Nick, without Christy, saying thank you and good night.